0: Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Oh, we've got exciting times tonight. Now, today we're going to be talking about digestion. Now, this is probably the most important part of your body because your body is continually regenerating itself. Like, if you look at most diseases out there, it's really a tissue production problem. And we're talking from Alzheimer's to asthma. It means that your body isn't producing the right stuff, and you're continually, and you're talking a billion cells a day, breaking it down and building it up. So today we're gonna to talk about digestion. And that's the feature that all human beings have on how you're able to turn an apple or a banana or fruit or or you know the hot dog from the fair into protein, fats, and carbohydrates. Now some of that stuff you're taking in can be toxic. so. Uh, that's what we have to talk about, how digestion actually works and how you rebuild your body. Now, the second half, I don't know if we're going to get a chance to get to it on this uh, radio show, Um, but we're going to be talking about the vaccine and how the, uh, the COVID vaccine and how that is negatively affecting a lot of people. We're talking breakthrough infections, and just even though it's been out just a few months, we're seeing a massive rise in deaths and disease from this unique technology that is, that's right, it is unique technology, there's never been a vaccine built like this, and it is emergency use authorization, so it has not gone through the full testing, and it is being put forth on human beings for something no worse than the flu. Now, the sensors have been really, really, um, going like gangbusters on every social media because they won't allow dissenting opinions. But that's um, the socialist environment that we find ourselves in. So if you want to get that information, go to the Dr. BVIP. That's D-R-B-V-I-P. And we're going to have handouts and everything. It's just um, the, the the candle is burning out. We have to get this information and disseminate it through the population. Okay, the, the figure, socialist um, governments have never lasted long. They have, they have always failed. And so this one will go on the same, same lines. And uh, so just uh, what we can do is hasten our return back to normal by sharing this information. Now I'm gonna talk about the other stuff on how your body works, and it's interesting because going through, and this was a similar talk I gave about three years ago, I had to eliminate about eight to 10 slides that talked about how vaccination can cause an inflammatory bowel disorders and um, leaky gut, and how inflammatory bowel disorders are linked to Parkinson's, Lou Gehrig's disease, a lot of motor neuron issues. So I had to wipe most of that out. But let's talk about digestion. Let's delve into it. Now, just look at how your body works. When you smell food, that's when digestion begins. You literally start to secrete a stomach acid. And if you remember old Pavlov and Pavlov's dogs, of course, they're not teaching that anymore in school. But they had a psychologist in Russia that would ring a bell and feed a dog, ring a bell, feed a dog, ring a bell, feed a dog. Eventually, he would ring a bell and the dog would salivate, even with no food present. So he also found out that if a dog smells one type of food, it produces a certain type of acid. Smells another type of food, totally different acid. So digestion begins with smell. And then this is going to secrete stomach acid. Now, three things we're looking for is protein, fats, and carbohydrates. Carbohydrate digestion begins in the mouth, and this is where we're going to masticate and chew it up. And the mastication, the breaking down of the literal fibers of the plant or animal that you're eating is how you get those nutrients. And that's why chewing it up is so good. That's also when people have health challenges. We recommend juicing and blending because that pre digested it. It breaks down the nutrients inside of the system. Um uh, and then d- protein digestion begins in the stomach and and that's where you produce a huge amount of acid, and fat digestion um, takes place in right beyond the stomach in an area called the duodenum. Now, um we're going to cover what this this structure looks like, but what I want you to to look at now is the stomach and how that actually works now you have a muscle on the top of the stomach and a muscle on the bottom now you have certain cells now one of the cells the parietal cells and these cells are amazing they produce hydrochloric acid and the hydrochloric acid it's so powerful it would burn a hole through wood it'll it'll dent metal and you might say well how come how come your cells produce this acid, and it doesn't burn a hole in the stomach. Well, it actually does, but we have goblet cells that protect the lining of the stomach, and those goblet cells are always secreting this mucus. Now, there is a big challenge with those goblet cells because under stress, and we remember, we have this automatic nervous system. One part keeps you alive under stress, and that's called the sympathetic or the fight or flight. The other part is rest, digest, and repair or regeneration. Now, if you're in a stress state, like let's say you're living on this planet and you know that, that the governments are utilizing the standard flu to panic the public, uh, you might be in a stress state or a sympathetic dominant state. Um, this is where they say ignorance is bliss. It is, oh my gosh. So, so if you're in a stressed state, you have decreased nerve supply to digestion. And so this is one of the first questions I ask my patients. How many bowel movements a day do you get? Normal is two to three. It, what you're going to see in people with stress is less than one. Okay, one if I'm lucky or one if I take some herbs or something. But that also means that digestion is shut down as well. Now, you've got a cell, and you might wonder, how can a human cell produce hydrochloric acid? Well, the cell is in two parts. You have chlorine ion in one and a hydrogen ion in the other. And it spits it out at the same time, so the hydrochloric acid forms outside of the cell. And I know what you're thinking. Gee, just dumb luck that kind of happened. I would kind of go with there, it's an intelligent design. And that's how, if you approach the body as intelligent and responding correctly based on the environment that it's in, you're going to see a lot of solutions to diseases. And in fact, you're going to see that most diseases weren't diseases in the first place. They were actually adaptations to toxicity and deficiency. So let's just, I mean, appreciate that the body's intelligent if you can, Uh, If you're in the medical profession, this is going to be very, very hard for you because your job is to be smarter than the body and to give a toxic chemical that alters physiology. But, you know, just just hang in there, and if you're open, you might learn something. If not, um, that's okay. Your life will go on the way it is. Sign up for the vaccine as quick as you can. Okay, I'm just trying to decrease the surplus population, the same thing Scrooge tried to do. Okay, so now now let's look at this. So we've got a system where your body is going to secrete these acids, but under physical, chemical, and emotional stress, the healthier digestion is going to be shut down. So this is where the goblet cells that continually secrete this mucus that protects the lining of your stomach, they're not going to be working really well. And, and so there was a bacteria And this is kind of interesting. It's called helical pylorus, and it's shaped like a little helicopter. And they thought that there was no way this little bug could live in the acid of the stomach. And then they found out it's in about 90% of the population. So it turns out that that bug is actually normal flora, which means it's designed to live in the stomach. Just like all um, of the organisms that we have in our body, they are opportunistic. They serve a function, but when there is a challenge with, um, uh, with, with physiology or there's physical, chemical, or emotional stress, they may take advantage. Now, you may have heard indigestion. Indigestion uh, is where or reflex, where you get this backup of digestive juice, juices. Now, in stupid world, you would take an antacid or a proton pump inhibitor. Now, the thing with these is the theory is you're gonna decrease acid in the stomach, but you've got to, the way the stomach is laid out, you got a muscle on the top and a muscle on the bottom. That muscle on the top increases in tone on the presence of acid in the stomach. That means that if you dilute the acid or drink water during it, that it's called the lower esophageal sphincter. It's at the bottom of the esophagus, at the top of the stomach. If you drink water, that esophageal sphincter gets loose, and that allows stomach contents to slosh up. Well, that's the same thing with um, the proton pump inhibitors or the antacids. Um, now, what's interesting, great um, a journal out of the British Journal of Cancer, okay, May 5th. It was published way back in 2009. So, they've known this for, you know, 12 years. And it says that the proton pump inhibitors increase adenocarcinomas. Now, they give them to decrease esophageal cancers. But it turns out that by decreasing the acid in the stomach, you loosen that lower esophageal sphincter and that increases acid in the in the esophagus. So you're actually doing more damage to the structures. And, and I know it sounds crazy, but also the FDA put a warning on there, a label warning. Of course, if you're taking medications, it's that folded up piece of paper that you never read that you throw in the trash can. Yeah, the one that your, your doctor said, oh, don't worry about it. Okay, well, those proton pump inhibitors also can cause muscle spasms, cardiac arrhythmias, seizures, cognitive decline, type 2 diabetes. uh talking fracture risks because you're, you're literally changing the pH of your blood. And the body, in order to alkaline as the blood, going to go into the bone bank and withdraw some calcium. So these are not benign procedures. But if you wanna get away from that, okay, look at the physical, chemical, emotional stress for sure. You gotta get to a a corrective chiropractor to find that. Um, but, But do not drink any water a half hour before a meal, no water during a meal, and no water a half hour after, from now on. And you might say, oh, I thought water was good for you. Yeah, except remember, you smell food, your stomach secretes an acid you masticate the food that chews it up and you're breaking down the carbohydrates and you start to separate the fibers. You swallow that food, that food goes down the the esophagus into the stomach. And when it's inside of the stomach, that lower esophageal sphincter, the muscle on the bottom of the esophagus, on the top of the stomach tightens up on the presence of acid and then both those muscles on either side of the stomach tighten up and slosh around this acid to break those, those proteins to amino acids. When enough digestion has occurred, this, this secretes it out into the duodenum where the gallbladder recognizes it as, a, as presence of fat in there. And the gallbladder stores and concentrates this bile, which is a superfiltrate of blood produced by the liver and it contracts and it emulsifies the fats. That's how digestion works. Now, if you drink water during your, your meal, you loosen you dilute the acid so you're not getting full digestion of the proteins you're loosening up the lower esophageal sphincter so some of those acid or stomach contents can slosh up but luckily there's so little acid you you feel better but if you're drinking water you're not going to feel better because there's no drugs in there to lessen your sensitization of this um, and, and you're going to think drinking more water will cool that burn. However, drinking water during food actually makes it quite a bit worse. Now, so we need to look at how that mucus layer is so important in the stomach. Now, um, the the reason is, is because you're always producing the acid. So the amount of acid, um, if it's increased, the amount of mucus... Um, just think if you're under a chronic stress, your body secretes the acid based on environmental stimuli. Like, you know, you smell it, you eat it, it's going to increase acid. If you're eating food while you're in a stress state that decreases the mucus layer that protects, that's what forms an ulcer. So it's really the stress that you're under, the physical, chemical, or emotional stress, putting your body in that stress state. Decrease in the body's ability or decrease in the nerve supply to the stomach that causes it. Now, let's look at the pancreas. The pancreas, which is right, because remember, the food goes from the stomach into the duodenum, and the duodenum is a C-shaped structure. Embedded in that C-shape is the pancreas. Now, the pancreas has, it's called endocrine and exocrine function, which means it can secrete Um, stuff to help regulate blood sugar and certain other physiologies. But it also helps break down food. It secretes pancreatic enzymes to break down the food. And they both the duodenum and the the gallbladder and the pancreas drain through the same hole in the duodenum. And so that duodenum is hugely important. And that's also one of the problems because if you've had your gallbladder removed, the gallbladder stores and concentrates bile, and and so in the presence of that, of fats in the duodenum, it squishes out, squeezes to emulsify those fats by putting this, this bile, and bile is really caustic. Okay, it can it it breaks down so many different tissues. That's the part problem when the gallbladders are removed. The gallbladder removes you don't have anything that stores and concentrates to excrete it. So the bile is always slowly dripping into that area. That's why there's a rise in duodenal ulcers, not stomach ulcers, but in the duodenum, after the gallbladder has been removed because it's constantly going in there. Now, the the bummer of this is the doctors that remove the gallbladder, they're not going to tell you what causes gallstones, and they're not going to tell you to massively increase your fat because your ability to break down the fats to the fatty acids is severely limited without a gallbladder, um, so you have to take it all the all, all day long. A little bit of fat. I'm talking, you know, half a of, uh, half of an avocado with each meal. So this way, you know, you're always getting a little bit of fat inside of the body. And remember, the only reason that you're able to build a body is because you're able to take carbohydrates and break those to usable sugars. You're able to take fats to fatty acids and, car- and proteins to amino acids. So you have the basic building blocks of a human. So this is hugely important that, that you look how the, how the system works. Now, bacterial and viral flora. Um, this is probably the most important thing that you could, you could imagine. We are a symbiote. We need bacteria, we need viruses. In fact, 80% of the immune system resides in the gastrointestinal tract. And that means there's about two to three pounds worth of bacteria inside of the gut. So when you have, and you're gonna see a lot of rises of immune system disorders. And I was actually looking at this really cool study. Looking at astronauts who live in a hypersterile environment kinda it's supposed to be hypersterile, so they're doing all sorts of things to clean it so they don't develop infections and you know you figure a whole bunch of people are living up there, and there's not a lot of uh, um showers so and, and people are coming in to stay there for a few weeks and they can't really roll down the window to let fresh air in so so it's it's a uh, uh, a petri dish that these people are residing in. Uh, the problem is they're trying to eliminate a lot of the bacteria and not understanding that bacteria have a certain function. And this is why in astronauts there's a huge rise in skin disorders and bowel disorders um, from a couple of different reasons, but one of it is the hyper um, sterility of the environment. So when you have these uh, people today that have bought the or drunk the Kool-Aid, that they should be afraid of their neighbors and afraid of the virus, they're Purelling everything, these are gonna end up, these people are gonna end up with a lot of skin disorders and a lot of anxiety because they're destroying the bacteria. So you need bacteria, you need viruses. In fact, you got hundred. You know, 70 trillion cells, you got more cells than your bacteria. I mean, you got more bacteria than your cells and you have four times the amount of viruses inside of you and on your skin than you have bacteria. So you are a bacteria and virus machine running through this earth and this is how you're designed. You are designed for this. Now anything that you take in your system that disrupts this harmonious balance that you have, because remember the medical profession or, or generally the pharmaceutical industry which is running the government, they are afraid of viruses and bacteria and they want you to be afraid of it. And I want you to understand that without bacteria and viruses, you die. You are a symbiote, you need this. So the things that can disrupt this beautiful balance, this harmony that you have by look, looking at the, the creatures that live on your skin and in your gut, antibiotics, vaccinations, medications, processed foods, all of these things disrupt your normal flora. And I, I, while well, I was, um, you know, kind of like Fauci did before he released his emails, uh, he redacted them, you know, went through and deleted all the stuff that would be incriminating. Well, I removed about eight slides on vaccination on how they contribute to digestive disorders. And this is also why when we see kids with uh, vaccine damage like autism, they have some huge negative gut reactions. Huge, huge gut reactions. And so that is from the the antibiotics, vaccination, and medications. Uh, Now, it's interesting. uh, There's a great article in Nature. This was 2018. Title of the article is Extensive Impact of Non-Antibiotic Drugs on Human Gut Bacteria. And now, I mean, obviously, the gut bacteria... Uh, can be affected by antibiotics because it's going after bacteria, but also blood pressure medications, anxiety medications, nitro, um, osteoporosis medications, pain relievers. Those like Advil, Motrin, Aleve, cholesterol medications. Um, it, I mean, it's incredible. All of these different drugs out there damage your gut flora. And even cholesterol-lowering drugs damage the gut flora and also contribute to antibiotic resistance. Isn't that weird? Something that uh, lowers uh, cholesterol. Of course, we know that the cholesterol-lowering drugs, they increase heart failure okay, and hardening of the arteries. I know two things they were designed to, to correct, but turns out that that uh, is not true. Now, um, when we look at... Um, the helicopylorus, and I want you to look at at this bug that lives inside of your gut, at least um, inside of the stomach, about 90% of the population. So what are the causes of ulcers? And I'm talking ulcers in the stomach, not in the esophagus, because we know the esophagus, that's going to be from um, less acid in the stomach, medications, and drinking water during the meals. Now, in the peptic ulcers, uh, and this is the the helic pylori can do it, but remember, this is a normal bug in a normal environment that is designed to be there to protect you. If you change the environment where this bug is, it becomes pathogenic. It can start attacking you. That's why you want to have healthy gut function. But if you're under chronic stress or you drink water during your meals, um, this that can put your body into a greater stress and allow this bug to grow. Also, regular loose of pain mechanic, medications, um, stress, altered nerve supply. Uh, it's interesting, the American College of Gastroenterology says, listen to this, it's not clear how H. pylori spreads. It may be transmitted from person to person by close contact, such as kissing. People may also contract H. pylori through food and water. I mean, End of quote. Come on, man. Okay, I know, there's a Biden quote. (laughs) So when you look at this, it's part of your normal flora. It's not something that you catch. I mean, you know, we're probably going to have to let this generation die off before we can start talking about real physiology. But you, you are designed to live in this environment. You're not designed to have... Gloves, a mask, and separate yourself and cover yourself in Purell. That's right, my sister. Okay, so you're designed to, to actually thrive on this planet. And you're designed to have bacteria and viruses in your system on your skin. And so it's the health of your immune system that you strengthen this. You don't have to worry about things attacking you. You strengthen your immune system so you can thrive on this planet in this environment. You don't wanna cover yourself in a plastic bag and run around and hug your friends in a plastic bag. That's just foolishness. Uh, Now, it's interesting because the risk of um, developing a peptic ulcer in anyone's lifetime is like 10 to 15%. Why? Because 10 to 15% of us are gonna have chronic stress that weakens that immune system response. Now, one of the biggest contributing is the non anti-inflammatory. There's uh, Advil Motrin, Ibuprofen, Naproxen, Aleve. I mean, all of those drugs. They damage and increase um, peptic ulcers. Now, there's a couple of reasons. One, it's a toxic chemical. The other, you're taking it because you're in pain. And if you're in pain, you're in a stressed state. Now, um, there's antibiotics in food. Now, if you're eating commercially produced food, and this is tough because that's going to be the cheapest, and the prices are going to be going through the roof. So if you're going out and you're going to get food over the next um, week or the next month or two months, get extra canned food and extra dried food because the cost of food this winter will be through the roof. It will be cost prohibitive. If you're kind of waiting around for um, a crisis, well, that didn't work out well for the dinosaurs. Okay, so this is the crisis is here. And I'll tell you, a, a piece of plywood, sheet of plywood, one month ago was $18. This weekend, it was $76. Actually, last weekend, it was $76. Um, and yesterday, a buddy just showed me a picture. It was $100. So in a month, plywood can go from $18 a sheet to $100 a sheet. Let me tell you, canned food's going to go from $0.69 cents to $5. So start getting canned food, getting um, dried food, get ready for um, some challenges. Because when food costs go higher than 40% of a person's income, that's when riots happen. Uh, so make sure when you're looking at this, you can get frozen organic food, but if you're getting um, commercially produced animals from the concentra- confined animal feeding operations, they're called CAFOs, those are poisonous. They are not good for you. They destroy your gut bacteria. And in fact, they allow yeast to take over And because you're killing the bacteria, and bacteria eat yeast. Now, this will blow holes in your intestinal tract. Why is that important? You're talking Parkinson's disease, this literally is from one of the contributing factors is from a leaky gut, and then you have circulating endotoxins that suggest that again the 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 decreased normal gut flora damaging the intestinal tract, and this is Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. Now we're going to be covering a lot of of um, case studies tonight. Um, also, look at glyphosates, and this is um, the Roundup. Now, this, this is supposed to only damage bacteria, but remember, 80% of your immune system, you're dependent on that bacteria. Anything, you are a symbiote, anything that damages your bacteria damages you. So, you know, get away from this separation that, that you're, you're, you know, you're a human being and bacteria and viruses are bad. That's foolishness. You need this in order to, to live. And if you're eating commercially produced bread, commercially produced grains, they are soaked in glyphosate. And glyphosate not only is a mineral chelator where it sucks the minerals out of your body, it destroys the bacteria. And you need minerals in order to utilize vitamins. Now, we're going to cover all of this stuff. The simplest solutions look at your physical, chemical, and emotional stress. And that's huge. You need to maintain the health of your gut, and this means if you're taking medications, find out why you're taking it and fix the problem. If your doctor is prescribing drugs without looking at the causative factor, change doctors. The more people leave from these idiot doctors, um, the more they're going to have to learn how the body works, and they're going to have to and stop being shills for the um, pharmaceutical industry, and actually be responsible for their patients. So look at a healthy organic plant-based diet. Look at fermented foods, probiotics. You're going to eat the way your great-grandparents ate. I know, they were wacko. They only ate organic, free-range, and fresh, but that's it. Um, You need uh, just, just... Build your gut flora. Now, all of this is going to be on tonight. It's going to be on the Dr. B VIP. Um, and the censored portion is going to be on the effects of what an experimental gene-altering injection that's never been tested on animals, what that experiment is going like in the first five months of America. Okay, and you're, you're going to be shocked. The results are... Um, actually, some people will expect the results. But get get on the Dr. BVIP site, and um, we're going to share this as much as we can. This is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate. Take care of yourselves. God bless you, and I love you.